Hey everyone, and welcome to all of our campuses joining us today. I'm so honored to be here with you and to unpack together this year's Oscar-winning Best Picture film, Coda. Coda is about a high school senior named Ruby, and what's so special about this story is that Ruby is the only hearing member in a deaf family, and together they run a small fishing business. And even though this family is unique, what makes this movie so powerful is that many of its themes are universal to all of us. At the heart is the story of a messy family with tensions and complexities. And I think all of us can relate and find comfort in knowing that we are not alone, that literally since the first family ever existed, every family has always had its ups and downs, whether or not we can see them from the outside. As we see Ruby wake up at 3 a.m. every morning to go help her dad and brother on their fishing boat, we get to step into the shoes of a coda, which stands for Child of Deaf Adults. As any musicians watching this may know, the word coda actually has a double meaning. It also describes a piece of music at the end of a larger piece of music, which stands out as different from the original piece. This is especially fitting because as we'll see, music will be central to this movie's plot. And Ruby's family is constantly aware that they are also different from the world, and she feels it too. Her classmates make fun of her, she struggles with schoolwork, and she has a lot of emotional and physical pressure to care for her family from a young age. Being in a deaf family means that Ruby doesn't quite fit in with the rest of the world, but because she can hear, she also doesn't feel like she fits in with her family either. Now we see a conflict begin to brew when Ruby, who's always loved to sing, decides to join her high school choir. We can clearly see that singing sets Ruby free, but she never considered going to college for music. Having never sung in front of other people until now, she's still doubting her own abilities. Her family's financial situation is also rocky and she feels responsible to stay at home and to be their interpreter. But she still cannot deny that singing takes her to new heights, almost as if she could fly. In Romans 12, it says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. If you've ever felt like you've had a gift, a talent, a dream, or a passion that could fill you with so much joy that seems almost from another world, it's likely because God has given them to you for His purposes, to point people to His heavenly kingdom, all of which is out of this world. But so often we brush into the side out of fear, obligations, or prescribed paths that society sells to us that we just assume we should follow instead. In Ruby's case, her family doesn't understand her love for music. They literally couldn't. And her mom even suggests that Ruby shouldn't be interested because her family cannot access it. So to Ruby, pursuing college would feel like betraying her family. And yet, if she stayed, she would feel like betraying herself. So instead of fully committing to one thing or the other, she does what many of us would tend to do. She attempts to do both. Have you ever found yourself in a tough spot and instead of just making that hard decision, you convince yourself and give yourself all these justifications that yes, you can do it all and you can somehow be everything to everyone. Can any of you relate to that? Throughout high school and the first half of college, I was balancing more activities and tasks than I could even keep track of on top of all my classes, which I was already struggling with, telling myself it was just what I had to do to succeed and to make others happy. When it comes to helping people, it's especially hard to figure out where do we draw that line between sacrificing for others and setting boundaries for our health and not feel bad about it. 
Looking back, I see how much of that well-intended pressure stemmed partly from a savior complex instead of just fully trusting that actually Jesus is the one who saves. I didn't realize it back then, but not having boundaries and rhythms really was unhealthy in so many ways. And it's no wonder I was constantly nodding off in class, often feeling so overwhelmed and stressed because I was taking on more than God gave me to do. Now we're going to see Ruby also get a rude awakening as she starts singing that doing it all might not be sustainable. At some point, trying to do it all will leave us exhausted and burnt out and holds us back from being able to give our all to what God actually wants us to specifically invest in. And I believe someone here needs to be reminded today that just because something seems like a good thing doesn't mean it is the right thing. And just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. But then how do we figure out what it is that we should do? Great question, I'm glad you asked. This is exactly what we'll dive into today. The first step is accepting that this balancing act can't last forever and deciding that we do have to make a choice. And this is what Ruby finally does as well. So often we can be tempted to make decisions that seem good or even smart, but it's really out of fear. And that's exactly what we see in Ruby's family. Fear of their family business failing, fear of Ruby's music endeavors failing, and fear of reaching out to community. So instead, they decide to depend on Ruby as a crutch. This resonates with me so much, especially as an Asian American. In many Asian cultures, asking other people outside your family for help is embarrassing. And the default assumption is that someone in your family needs to be the one to carry whatever burdens that you have. For others, it's just plain easier not to reach out for help or to look for community. So we settle for trying to figure it out on our own or overly depending on one person without considering their real authentic needs instead of doing the work to explore other options that might be harder but could be better and healthier. Is this striking a chord for any of you? Both Ruby and her family feel torn between loving and wanting the best for the other while also wanting to meet their own needs. And at the end of the day, someone will need to sacrifice something. But just like in our own lives, the right thing is not immediately clear. After this, Ruby takes a day off from fishing to decompress. But on that day, an official happens to show up and suspends her dad's fishing license for not hearing a nearby security boat. And Ruby's family blames her because she wasn't there. Ruby's love for her family and her reluctance to stay behind are both evident. And she's not the only one who feels the tension. Her brother's also clearly frustrated and feels useless because of how their parents always rely on Ruby. Now we start to see each family member start to respond to this decision and get a deeper look into their feelings and emotions behind it. And through the following scenes, you'll also find three questions to help you to process what the right decision is in many of your life's gray areas. Ruby's mom loves her just the way she is. And in fact, she even envies Ruby for actually knowing who she is. This scene is so revealing because it shows that one, Ruby's mom still does not really know where her identity is rooted in. And that lack of security is also part of why she's so fearful and threatened by potential changes to their family. Two, the fact that Ruby asked this question also shows that she is insecure and doesn't fully believe that her mom loves her just as she is, and that perhaps a part of the pressure she feels to stay was also out of this desire to try and earn her mom's love and approval. This brings us to the first question to ask when we're making a tough decision. 
Are you making a decision out of fear or insecurity? So often we choose out of fear, either to earn someone's approval or to try and prevent something that we're afraid of, or because we're operating out of a scarcity mindset and don't truly fully believe in God's love for us and His provision. But in the Bible, Jesus says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Deep down, Ruby was afraid that her mom didn't love her, and Ruby's mom was afraid that they wouldn't survive without her. But with God, we can make decisions from a place of deep security, knowing that He loves us at the core of who we are because we're His children, and He will provide everything that He knows we need. Ruby's brother is dating a girl named Gertie, who can hear and tells him that Ruby is incredibly talented. And Ruby's brother knows that now is the time when their family needs to learn to let Ruby go. Throughout the movie, we see him having a hard time finding his own place and role because Ruby's help has actually enabled the family's ability to avoid the outer world rather than allow and empower her brother and her family to step up and help figure things out. But often the things that help in the long term are also the things that will hurt in the short term. So ironically, in the bigger picture, what Ruby thinks is helping her family is actually doing her family a disservice in this way. So here's another question to consider when you're making a decision. Are you by default choosing the least painful path? Jesus himself said, you can enter God's kingdom only through a narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Choosing the easy way often feels great. You feel like you can keep your options open. You think you have plenty of time to make changes. Kind of like when people RSVP maybe to an event, you know who you are and you pretty much already know it's a no. But if you've ever been the event host, you know exactly how painful it is to have this happen. The reality is that trying to choose a pain-free path actually leads to more unresolved pain. The only way to the life that Jesus intends for us to have is one that will have difficulties along the way. When it comes to the people we love, in this book, Boundaries, Dr. Henry Cloud says, when we begin to see and set boundaries with people we love, a really hard thing happens. They hurt. Whatever it is, they will feel lost. If you love them, this will be hard for you to watch. But when you're dealing with someone who is hurting, remember that your boundaries are both necessary for you and helpful for them. So often we equate hurt with harm, but think of a doctor when he's giving a baby a shot and the baby has no idea why the pain's happening to them or why their loving parents let it happen. But in reality, the pain can save their lives. That doesn't mean we should go looking for pain or feel bad if there isn't any. It just means we shouldn't be so quickly to trust ourselves since we we tend to want to pick what's easiest instead of what's truly better. Ruby's brother knows that the better way for their family means setting a boundary between them and Ruby. She can't continue to try and control the whole situation, enabling her family to be codependent on her for the rest of her life. And thankfully, after her choir concert, her parents start to realize this too. This scene and the symbolic lyrics show how much love there is between Ruby and her dad. Ruby's willing to lay down her dreams for her dad and her dad so desperately wishes that he could hear her voice. After that night, her parents finally accept that her true path is meant to be separate from theirs and they drive her to her college audition. 
I encourage you right now to pay close attention to the song's lyrics as they reflect her experience with how love looks different throughout the changing seasons of her life. As the song says, what we think is loving really can be an illusion. Ruby originally thought staying for her family was the loving thing to do, which may have been the case before, but she's in a new season looking at how love looks different now. So how do we know what is the right and loving thing to do? The only one who truly knows is God, who is love, and we can ask Him to guide us. 1 John says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Isn't that wild? God is love, and when we decide to follow Him, we have Him living inside of us. That means that when it comes to even the hardest decisions, you can trust that He is with you. He will guide you. And I've personally experienced this countless times when I felt so torn about a decision. In every instance, I've sought Him earnestly. God has used times of prayer. He's used His Word. He's used people and circumstances and even miraculous confirmations and signs to tug me in His direction, even when I wasn't sure. But we also don't need to be paralyzed by perfectionism. God's grace is truly sufficient, which means we are never powerful enough to mess up His plans, to redeem, to redirect, and to catch us if we fall. So the last question, but arguably the most important one to consider is this. Are you following God or are you following what you think that you should do? Instead of looking to God, so often we take things into our own hands or we just look at other people's experiences and opinions. But at the end of the day, all of our circumstances and God's calling over our lives are unique to each and every one of us. For instance, God asked Abraham to leave his home, his relatives, and everything he had behind just to follow wherever God was leading him. And at 75 years old, Abraham did that. Fast forward a couple chapters and God asked Abraham's son, Isaac, to stay exactly where he is, saying, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner, and I will be with you and bless you. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. God blesses us and even our future generations when we listen to Him and obey His instructions, not what we think is the most reasonable thing to do by human logic. At Abraham's age, we could have said, or he could have said no to God and just stayed put. He could have gotten a big house, nice car, chased the Middle Eastern dream. But because he followed God in faith, God blessed him, not just him, but his future generations to come. And Ruby's family sometimes, like us, the people closest to us have opinions that differ from what God is saying. This has been so true in my own story since in most of my major life decisions, I had a lot of strong opposition from my, from my dad. And he's very fearful and agnostic and um, what I chose was not the Asian parent's dream. I was not an engineer. <laughs> I ended up going to church and I moved abroad for a time. I left my job in tech to go into full-time ministry. And even now, marrying my now husband, Alex, who is by far one of my biggest blessings, it's just been an uphill battle for most of my life. I will never forget one day in college, my dad has sent me a long email expressing his disappointment in me and my decision and to do ministry in, in an internship. And when I read it, I was in so much pain. It really felt like I was being disowned and blamed for ruining his life. 
I remember how much confusion and pain I carried that day. And just like a sad movie scene, I remember walking outside, holding an umbrella in the rain, and I sobbed uncontrollably all the way back to my apartment. But in that moment, I also remember God's presence being so close to me, as if He was embracing me while I was walking and crying, and I was just a big mess. But I felt like His arms were wrapping around me, not physically, but spiritually, and that He was whispering in my spirit that, I'm here. Your earthly father may not understand right now, but I'm your heavenly father, and I'm here, and I love you. In that moment of so much sadness and grief, I also experienced an overwhelming peace. Sometimes we find reconciliation with those who disagree with us, but other times it takes longer. In fact, while I was preparing this very message, my dad had some unusual physical symptoms, so we took him to the hospital. It turned out to be nothing, and he's totally okay now. But I kid you not, while I was at his bedside in the hospital room, I was still getting criticism about my life choices. And in that moment, I frantically texted my friends to pray for me because I was so frustrated. And Jesus says, let no evil speech proceed from your mouth. But in my head, I also knew that my dad said all that he did because hes that's how he knows to show his love for me. And that love can still exist even if we're not on the same page. You know, in Matthew 10, Jesus says, I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And in my case, a daughter against her father, even by his hospital bed. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. And if you love your son or daughter more than me, you also are not worthy being mine. Now, that sounds super controversial, especially to those who come from family-centered cultures or environments, but it really just shows that following God does need to be above everything and anything else, even our own family. So despite how much I wish that I could make my dad happy, how much I honor my family and I'm grateful for their concerns, I also know it's far more important to follow God's direction above anyone else's. And that's proven true every single time I've done it. So let me ask you, when it comes to your decisions, whether it's where you live, what job to take, who to date or marry, how to manage your finances, or just what opportunities to pursue and activities to prioritize, are you on autopilot applying the world's or someone else's script to your life? God has so much for you in store, more than you could ever ask for or imagine, but the only way to really experience it is to get honest with yourself and honest with God and yield to His direction. Seek Him in prayer and listen, actually listen to what He has to say. Get counsel from others who are passionately following Him and ultimately follow how His Spirit inside of you is leading you and you can only truly sense that for yourself. For Ruby and her family, there are still a lot of unknowns about the future. The the uncertainty is the point because like the song says, we really don't know life at all, but God does. He knows life and the future and what it holds. My prayer is that today you will take that leap of faith to seek and follow God's voice in all of your decision-making, no matter how complex the situation, and rest in knowing that He loves you, He is faithful to you, and He will guide you in how to love and how to live if you earnestly seek Him.